Hello and welcome back to another edition of Mr. Thorne Does Chinwags. The chinwags start here. And that's where the fun begins for all of the listeners out there who are tuned in to this educational podcast. And today I have got an EYFS treat for you, an Early Years Foundation Stage treat, or as I like to call it, the People's Republic of EYFS. Kat Kachura hodsman you've joined us today. And Kat and I met about two years ago when Kat was on a, was on a tour of the school and she recognised a global icon across the classroom. And that was little old me, wasn't it, Kat? It was. Because I walked past Chris... Chris... I don't know what to call you. I was about to call you my favourite name Mr. Thorne. I know, you're Mr. Thorne to everyone, Yes. come on. Come on, that's my teacher name. It is your teacher name, but you're more than just a teacher to me. Oh, thank you, Kat. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, don't need to blow smoke, Kat. No, I'm I'm not actually a smoker. When I I happened by Chris's classroom, his year two class, I glanced over and I saw this smiley gentleman. It was Chris, in case you had any doubts. But you know when you just get that feeling across the room oh. that there's that synergy between you. Was it synergy at first sight? It was uh, synergy at first sight. Yeah. Yeah. But was this the Mr. Thorne? Y- yes, you know his apps. No, I know Mr. Thorne's giraffes. Interestingly, Geraldine the giraffe has now eclipsed my success. Mm. She's way more successful and popular than I could ever dream to be. Here's an example email that I received on my YouTube account this week. From Desert Haver Garden, if I've pronounced that right. My kids love Geraldine, but prefer the videos with just Geraldine, smiley face. Mm. That cuts me deep, that does, Cat. Does it? But you shouldn't. It's a bit like the puppet surpa- surpasses the puppet master. Yeah, the puppet starts kid? pulling the strings. That's really When the tail wags the dog. Yeah. I was sent on, sent on inset day to go and learn about literacy and how it's taught in England because it's much different tongue-in-cheek than it is taught in Canada and um, I remember that they showed this video some of the teachers listening may be familiar with this and you're nodding and laughing by now no soon not by now the one where Chris is talking really closely to the camera and you actually see mostly like you're focused on his lips as he's going Mm-hmm. And he's doing every sound phonetically correct with no schwaing, uh. without the schwa. And that was the particular point that this presenter was making during the inset, not the inset day. What do you call it here? I always get my Englishes mixed up. We call it professional development. You call CPD? it CPD. CPD. Um, CPD. It was a CPD session, and I was, I was like, "What's a schwa? A schwa? I know what a schwa is in, in the musical sense, but what's a schwa?" In phonics, right, so it's not suh, it's s, but all I remember is that those clips of your face. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, it's... I Are think, you embarrassed by me talking no, about No, 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 I think it it's... It was very clever, actually. I think Ofsted have used this video clip in one of their documents about uh, how to articulate the sounds, and I think I just run through the 44 phonemes... Yeah, you do. Uh, ...really close to the camera, just so you can see the articulation. Yeah, no, um, I like that video. It's because a lot of parents mm. and, and practicing teachers don't know how to pronounce these sounds to then teach it to their children. And that's, that was the aim of it to begin with. But anyway, this, is, this podcast is not about me, Kat. This what? is all about you. Oh, that's a lot of You pressure, lucky lady. Um, now, 
when I do phonics training, I sometimes use some video clips of you singing to your children. So I know singing and songs are very important in your teaching. It is. But you're very creative in that area anyway. You're quite musical and musically minded. I've only got to give you a few words and you could probably put them into a rhythm and make a song out of it. Is that a challenge, Thorne? Um, why is that important in the EYFS setting? I think, you know, when I think about why I as a teacher am drawn to music and um, it's not just music though, it's, it's um, the songs, chants, rhymes, anything kind of playful. I think that's embedded in my, in my character, in my personality, to be able to play creatively. I mean, um, that's also why I'm so attracted to working in the early years because that is the, that's the way one's mind works and that's the way I connect to pupils in my teaching. So when I use musical games, music, um, songs, chants, rhymes, that's all part of that, connecting playfully to children. And little children eat that up. They just, um, they love it. When I was thinking about, after you've become a teacher and, and you think, what can I, what can I learn more about? What, what resonates with me? I mean, you can do masters, you can do, graduate studies in, in different areas. And I chose in Canada to study early years music education as a, just as an additional um, qualification. And it was really intense. And those music teachers at the conservatory where I studied don't let you get away with a lot. And it, two people came together. It was, um, um, it was uh, educators and music teachers. And you know, I knew how much I loved music, music and songs, but what I didn't realize is that there's a holistic, uh, when you use music, games, songs, rhymes, chants, all of that has a holistic um, implication on your teaching, that you're not just learning literate, it's cross-curricular, as they say here in England. So you're, you're working with mathematical concepts, you're working with um, l literacy, obviously, but you're also working with do you guys in England, do you, are you comfortable with the word like spiritual, spirituality or community? Yeah. There's a kind of joy making that comes from singing songs and playing games and interacting um, playfully, really. I mean, we like to say it's important to have fun in teaching, but I think more to the point, it goes deeper than just fun. It, there's a connective tissue there. Yes. Yeah, I would agree. And when I go to the carol concerts at Christmas, and sometimes I go to the Royal Albert Hall to the carols by candlelight. Now, I'm, I'm not a very religious person at all, but there's something about standing in a communion of people, mm. um, singing the same notes, singing the same songs, hearing the same harmonies, and being that body of people, making that, that noise for no other reason other than for enjoyment and wanting to share that, that space with those people. Mm. I think that's quite special, and I think that's something you, you pick up quite early on in your education, just the um, the team the teamwork of singing in unison with others, mm. as well, and hearing your own voice as part of that union. Yeah, and there's absolutely actually right there. You remind me of another cross curricular link, which is a PSHE. Which I started with the spirituality. There's also another word for it here. What do you call it? SC. What's the SMSC? Word? SMSC. I have to get all my acronyms, you know, in order, but. Anyway, spiritual, Ugh. moral, <laughs> social, 
Education. Education, isn't it? I love that E can, if there's an no, E in an acronym for SMSC. education. Oh, this, what's the C? Cultural. Yes, SMSC, spiritual, moral, social, social and cultural. When you play musical games, for instance, with children, little children are learning how to be people in a group, aren't they? They're, they're growing away from the egocentrism and they're learning to connect with others around them. And as I always like to say, I'm a life skills coach for people under five because you're teaching them, you know, how to connect to the humanity. And I think, you know, waiting to take your turn, um, enjoying and participating while someone else has their turn during during a musical game are really important lessons, playful lessons, but, you know, they have a lot of importance and implications on, on interactions with others. So... For all those reasons, the holistic implication, I think musical education is really important, but not as a standalone subject embedded throughout your teaching and learning in an early years environment. And I think that we don't sing enough with our children anymore. I remember singing loads of songs when I was a child in school, and I, I find we don't sing enough. Is it a must that you have to be a musical person working in EYFS or or is it a disadvantage not being musical? Oh, I think it's a bit like asking someone who has to implement um, physical education. When teachers have to implement physical ed education, when they don't have gym specialists, it's always helpful if you have a little toolkit, isn't it? Because it helps us to feel more confident as teachers and it helps, um, it helps us to give to have more breadth in what we're teaching. Because if you're, for instance, if you're teaching um, PE sessions when you're not equipped and all you go to is, are um, parachute games, because that's what you're comfortable with, you're not really gonna give your children a wide scope of physical education um, in the same sense. Whereas if you stick to, to simple songs like um, Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and um, a, B, C, D, Baba, Black Sheep. Those are great. Did I just name the same song? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Those three songs actually are have the same melody. They, they do. They're interchangeable melodies. Twinkle, Twinkle, Baba, Black Sheep, and A, B, C, D. Did you know that? A, B, C, D, Twinkle, Have you any Will? Will. will. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it is the end of the day, folks. Give us some room to make mistakes. Yeah. I'll do it again. A, B, C, D, E, F, G... Twinkle, twinkle, little star, mm. ba ba black sheep, have you any wool? So and they're very melodic. They are, and you know what? I've taught children so many songs, rhymes, games. But when I ask them who would like to tell us their favorite song we can sing before we go home today, after all that work that I've done and teaching them songs and games that they love, they always cross the international phenomena. In my experience, they love those three songs. But I mean. I'm not sure if I'm answering your question, but it always helps to have a toolkit, I think. Yeah. Bottom line. Well, what sort of tools do you have at your disposal? Do you mean... Yes. That's the sound of my toolkit. That's the sound of Kat's Tool. basket. The same basket that was carrying six <laughs> iPads in earlier on when she took them out of the iPad trunk where they actually belong <laughs> to borrow. And then when she returned them to my class, she returned them in a basket without plugging them back in. Thanks, There's Kat. There's a whole story there. Yeah, for another podcast. <laughs> so wow. I have every finger puppet in here. 
Anyway, it's a little seahorse. Well, I can't remember where I bought that one for you. Was it New, New York? York? Yes. New York, New York. Because seahorses live in New York. So you've got your seahorse there on your finger. That's right. I don't have a game for him yet. Okay. But most of these finger puppets lying on the table, I have a, I have a game for. Um, and you know what's really funny is, I think, I mean, you're looking at them. They're so bright colored and friendly looking and they're different textures and they're small and little children love small things. But out of context, it looks really silly. The other day too, when I was commuting, I just started to commute. I had two finger puppets, stray ones in my bag. And I opened my bag and you know, Commuters are very kind of a serious culture. People know what they're doing. They're going to their offices. I'm going to my classroom. And two of them fell out onto the ground. And, I, and they were kind of dodgy looking. Like They were like a rat. One was a mouse and it was a bit ratty looking. And the other one was a bulldog. And I could see these people kind of looking up from their iPads and books going, what's that lady got? What's just falling out of her bag? So uh, when you own a lot of finger puppets, some do stray and you never know when and where, so you just have to take ownership of them and proudly put them back in your bag. Okay, so I have finger puppets, I have instruments, I have little lolly sticks. Ah, no. little so lolly that sticks. Math, the maths I was talking about, if you're playing a game like down at the corner at the candy shop, there were eight little lollipops with sugar on top, five brown buns in the big... Do you call it five... I don't current know. Buns in five the current buns Five current buns, yeah, yes. Yeah, we say five brown buns in Canada. But anyway, I find... Um, if you make props for children, like I have five little pumpkins, the little rhyme five. Those are nice. Pumpkins. Yeah, I made them myself. Just felt and a little bit, a bit of orange felt cut into a circular shape with some little black bits of felt on top to make a pump, pumpkin. A jack o' lantern, is it? Jack o' lanterns, like yes. Yeah. Is it a guiro you've got over there as well? I do. Uh, I do like a guiro. A good guiro. A good guiro. Now, I think I lent Geraldine my guiro. Yes, Geraldine has used this guiro, so it. Did yeah. she lose the stick? I'm, I'm Have you lost the stick? Yeah, I think oh. one of my little ch cherubs. One of your, one of your in little my darlings. Yeah, probably. But that's the, always the risk when you put your resources into the classroom. But I like Mr. Frog, and I might do a little demonstration. This Guero, Mr. Frog. Mr. Isn't... Frog. He's called Croaky because he, he does this. Now, I've replaced the wooden stick with a pen, as you do when you're a teacher, improvising. Using music and song as being really. Dynamic. Can I show you? Can I do a demo? Yeah. Now, whenever Chris asks me to do some singing, although I offered this time, um, I always have a cold, so you'll have to excuse my voice. But um, I'm going to play a little bit. Yeah, sure, I'll go you, for it. With you. Oh, but with you me. Listen to the song first, okay? okay? Right. So it goes like this On a log, Mr. Frog sings away the whole night through. Ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. Ribbit. So that's the song. Now when you're singing it with children and they get to know it, and usually when I'm introducing a song, I sing it, or a chant, I sing it three times, and as they get more familiar with it, um, I let them kind of take more ownership, and I, I, I drop my, my voice back a bit. And the other thing I do when I'm setting it up, when I'm introducing a song, I might say to children, like, okay, in the song, there is a, a frog. I want you to listen closely to what he does in the song. And it, it kind of opens their ears up, you know, to pay attention. Mm -hmm. Listening and attention are really important EYFS goals. Um, and, you know, and then do a little quiz. So can you tell me about the boy and where he goes in this in this rhyme? And, you know, just 
cueing them for success, basically. You, you know, you're, you're giving them um, search questions. Uh, so if I'm doing analog Mr. Frog and children become very familiar with that song, um, I'll play with it. I'll start to deconstruct it and move it around. And mm. it's really great brain work. So if you're doing all the rhyming words with frog. So okay, you, so log and frog. So I'm going to, we're going to clap on all the odd words. Okay. And we're not going to say it. So if you go, on a Mr. Sings away the whole night through. Ribbit, 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 ribbit. Okay, I like that one. So you've taught me something new already, Kat. So it's on a frog. No. (laughs) On a log, Mr. Frog sings away the whole night through. And then you do your ribbit. Yeah. So you substitute the log and frog for other words that might rhyme. Yes. Depending on what puppet you've got. Yeah. Okay. So, like what? Like, in a pen, a little hen sings away the whole night through. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. Yeah. And giving children, exactly, and giving children um, an opportunity to use their creative thinking Mm. on the spot, listen to their peers' ideas, um, think of something different. Uh, have a go. So you, what I might do too is pass Mr. Frog along. And so now it's no longer about Mr. Frog. It's about the pen, the hen and the pen, but or the bo- the fox in the box, mm. or the bear combing his hair. But what they're still using now is Mr. Frog. So when it's your go, and you're passing Mr. Frog around, and you can still use the and say buck 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 buck. Um, and what, and you can hear what I just described. There's a lot happening in mm. that moment for that individual child having their turn. But at the same time, there's a lot happening for everyone else who's not having their turn, isn't, isn't there? That's right. They're listening. They're focusing on the individual who's having a turn. If you're encouraging it, they're joining in. And often I'll say to children... I need to hear your most musical voice, not your loudest voice. Is, is singing loud a musical voice? And they understand that the difference um, between loud. Because I, I, for some reason, I think we've taught children, we've taught people that bigger and louder and faster are, are better. But in music, that's not always the case. And I think playing with um, timber yeah. and, and tempo... Again, you're introducing mathematical the cadence. Concept. Cadence. So you could say to them, now it's your turn, and I'd like us to sing very, very quietly. Or if they say, I'm going to, I want it to be a mouse in a house. Uh, in a house lived a mouse for their Mr. Frog substitution. Then you might ask them, if it's a mouse, are we going to sing in a loud musical voice? kind of voice would we sing in if it's a mouse you're getting them to contemplate then and to really think and empathize with that little animal well it's a mouse mm. so it's going to be quieter so well one of the songs that i've recorded of you singing before was queen queen caroline ah. so you're calling it singing that's a chant that's what ah. we call a chant because it's not it doesn't have um a tune it doesn't have a tune it has a beat so it's queen queen Caroline washed her hair in turpentine, turpentine to make it shine. Queen, queen, 
Caroline. Yes, and when I recorded a video of you doing this, you told me that you could also then substitute words in that stanza, words the, the lyrics of this chant mm. to sounds like shh. So you could go queen, queen, shh, shh, shh. Washed her hair in shh, shh, shh. If you were doing the SH digraph, for example. Yes, yes, yes. And is that something that you do in your lessons where you change those sounds around and just to encourage the children to speak and listen? So you're using the chants and you're using those chants and songs to help with their learning of letters and sounds. Absolutely. And I think the more you educate pedagogy through intellectual harassment, and I say that playfully because what you're doing is children are, are in anticipating that something's going to be one way. But when you get in there and you, you interfere with their thinking and you offer up new ideas or ways of doing things, it's planting those seeds and all of a sudden their little brains are working in so many directions. They're, you know, and there's an elasticity to that idea and they're pulling it in all sorts of directions. So yes, absolutely, I use it with phonemes. Uh, rhymes um, with uh, sounds. So instead of saying Caroline, again, I might say, can you think of a different animal? To Instead of saying Caroline, can you make the sound of an animal that you like? So it'd be queen, queen, meow, 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 washed her hair in turpentine. Or you might use all the rhyming words that have ein in mm -hmm. with that sounds you'd say meow 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 for caroline and meow 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 for turpentine but again um it's creating that texture that el elasticity it's interfering with what children think is going to happen what they're anticipating and just spinning it in a whole new direction and and what i found internationally in my experience working with uh, three to five year olds is that they love it they love it and um the particular year group that I have this year, they just, in, you know, every day there's something new. And you've met my little people. They're quite, they thrive on this kind of a, approach. The way you use different songs and chants is fantastic. What about the lion and the unicorn? Where's Leo and Ursula? Because I took them to Rio with me, if you remember. You gave yeah, them yeah, to yeah. me to take to Rio. And passports. And, and passports. <laughs> and you've got Leo the lion on your index finger on your left hand and you've got Ursula the unicorn yeah. on your right hand now they look very delightful Leo's got blue hair and and Ursula's got this sort of aquamarine mane going down the back of her neck and what's the song for Ursula or the chant sorry for Ursula and Leo the rhyme goes like this in case you're not familiar and you kind of make the lion and the unicorn butt heads as you say this. So you go, the lion and the unicorn were fighting for the crown. Now, oh my gosh, this is really contentious. The lion, then you have the lion chasing the unicorn. The lion chased the unicorn all around the town. Now let's deconstruct this part. So, some gave them white bread. And some gave them brown. And some gave them plum cake. And chase them out of town. And then you, you chase the um, lion and the unicorn. You make them run behind your back. And the parts where the lion and the unicorn are eating food, um, you, you go to different children and they pretend to hand out, you know, the plum cake and the, the white bread and the brown bread. We, we can clearly see already that you've got lots of ideas and, and these songs are used daily by you. And I'm sure many, many teachers out there are using 
rhyme, rhythm, chant, songs to infuse their children, to infuse their lessons with. Do you feel that the sort of musicality that takes place in nursery and reception could go through the year groups as children get older? It, it tends to be less and less, yeah, unless, unless you, you specialise. Yeah. When I was finishing my degree in Canada, we had this option to study abroad, or I had an option to study abroad. And what I did is I went to Den- Denmark and I studied in what's called the Yisk Pedagogue Seminarium. What we did is we um, would go out on Monday mornings into the, into the cafeteria area. We would prepare a song and the music teacher, Kristen, she would play on the piano and we would all sing together. And all the students, all the uni students in the cafeteria would just stop their chatting and just listen to us sing and sing along if they knew the song. And I think it goes, I, oh, absolutely, I'm back, I'm back on topic now. Absolutely, this music needs to be taught and enjoyed, not just taught, enjoyed throughout um, the, the school years, I believe. And um, it helps to make... It helps to lighten the moment. It's, I actually think it nurtures you and it reawakens you, replenishes you and gets you ready to move on. Yeah. And I think it's not just about cognitive abilities and, and showing off a talent. It goes deeper than that. And I think we don't really think about it like that. In fact, I've just reawakened what I really think deeply, having this conversation with you. Um, and if you look at different cultures in the world, having lived in Africa, I had a friend who used to say to me, she's a local woman in Zambia, she said, she called me Ketula. Ketula, why don't you? Why don't people from your country sing? Well, what could I tell her? <laughs> you know, well, we have you know a very good standard of living, don't we? But I don't know. Our hearts are, are heavy. Our shoulders are are cramped with responsibility and, and obligations, and we're not thinking about singing and mm. lightening our our spirits. So, I mean, just from a a humanistic point, a human point of view, I think it's important. Absolutely. And when the school productions oh, start off it, uh, or the, you know, the, the winter festivals or any performances that the children are, are doing, the songs that the children are singing, the children are so in love with the music mm. that you'll often hear them singing the songs in the playground and then some will hear them singing and they'll join in. And before you know it, you're, you're all singing in unison. Um, singing as one again, as we talked yeah. about at the beginning, I think it never it never disappears. It just lays dormant until it's stirred up somehow. Uh, today, for example, we were learning about the Queen's ninetieth birthday, and I was playing "Land of Hope and Glory." The song is so stirring and anthemic and rousing; it just makes you want to stand up, girds you, <laughs> and, and 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 sing all together alongside. You know these hundreds of people at the proms. You know singing along to it. I've been it's, to one. It's just something yeah. about music, yeah, the yeah. pattern, the rhythm, the sense of occasion. With music, some people seem to have an affinity with rhyme and rhythm, and they can pick out notes, they can pick out tunes, or you can hear patterns in music or patterns in everyday life that remind you of a song, mm. or or um, you can hum to yourself the exact tune of a song that you haven't heard for years, mm. but it's just rolling around your mind. Yeah, you know what a good song is that make everyone who teaches children in the primary years will know what I'm talking about when I say this. It's how children, especially girls, love to sing, let it go, let it go. 
and I don't know the other words. All I know is let it go, let it go. But it's but. But why has that resonated with so many children? Just those three think, notes repeating. Just on a, is it? I think it's also. I think it's not just the notes. I think it's the power behind it. That's like that's like a modern ba- ballad for children, isn't it? Mm. And those words giving them permission, let it go. I think that it's important because it, it gives them permission to put that power behind their singing. Well, it's it's been really interesting talking to you about music in EYFS, and I think you should give us a rendition of our Mr. Thorndas Phonics and Geraldine theme tune. I might even be able to sing it with you. You might, but again, I have that awful cold. We will sing it. There's one thing that I've missed. Oh, oh, sorry, in, we, in can, we can this, add this in. We'll, yeah, I think at the beginning, I missed out on something really important, which was that embedding music and chants and rhyme and wordplay in early years is really, really important for your EAL cohort because it gives them something, it gives them language to put in their mouth playfully it's non-threatening they feel successful because they're picking up words and we know children repeat songs or they repeat chants they repeat refrains from stories and it allows it empowers them and allows them to join in um where they might be silent you know during group discussions it it allows them to let their voice out and to hear themselves speaking uh, using the English language successfully. So I think that's a really important point that I didn't touch on at the beginning, but it's another reason. And I've heard this feedback from parents with children who speak English as a second language so many times, how much their children love songs uh, and the songs that we sing and the, and the chants that we do. So that's... That's really important to point out. So with our theme tune mm. that we created together, mm. Mr. Thornless Phonics and Geraldine <clears throat> the Giraffe, mm. you actually created the song about the Geraldine part of the of the show that I put together on YouTube. So I, I shall I go for the lower notes, you for the high ones. Uh, Geraldine, you phoneme queen, back at on the phonics scene, giraffing here, giraffing there, all over London with phoneme flair, always willing to have a go, how many phonemes do you know, searching for a letter sound, show us the objects you have found. Wow, that was cool. That was live. That was live. Yes, Kat joined me on the Educational Resources Awards last month that I was nominated for in two categories. I'm still a little bit bitter about the result. I haven't quite got over it, still crying into my pillow every night. It was funny when I said it the first time. (laughs) Yeah, the way you told me when when we went... It's because I was off the He said it was like a group of pears going to an apple party to watch them make apple juice. That's right, I did. Because there are a few... Those women sitting beside us, they were more, I, I would say, you oh, guys were, were more fun. indie. They were good yeah, fun. They, they were, were from fun. Lumio Education. They were really good fun. Shout out to Lumio Education. Yes, they were lovely. <gasps> but we did get to wear a nice tuxedo. And, I and didn't you, wear a tuxedo. And you wore your nice LBD. You wore your LBD, didn't What's you? What's an LBD? Little black dress. Oh, yeah. Was, was it a little black dress? Was it little? Or was yes. it black? <laughs> was it in dress? Yes, it was. <laughs> it was all those things. It was all those things. <laughs> All at once, all at the same time. No, but it was a good event and glad I went for the experience. Would I do it again? 
Hell no. But I think we should start a new competition. I might start a new for the indie developers, for the mm. independent creators of content and resources. Mm. And and you're also available for workshops, aren't you? If anybody's mm. interested, what's the best way for email contact? All lowercase k a h t u r a, that's katura at gmail.com. Oh, that was a lot, a lot more simple than I was expecting. Yeah, but Keturah's already a mouthful, let's be honest. There's no H on the end of Keturah. There is. But it's a not long in your, story. But not in your email. Not in my email. Okay, so it's K-A-H-T-U-R-A at gmail.com. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Chris. And thank you very much for listening. If you want to subscribe, click on the subscribe button on iTunes or follow on YouTube. If you search on YouTube for Mr. Thorne, it will all come up. YouTube.com forward slash Breakthrough Chris or on Twitter at Mr. Thorne, or if you've got any questions, then send them to mail at mrthorne.com. Thanks for listening, and see you next time. Bye for now.